0: It's a brand new week, lovers, and that means more sex at work, a podcast that is business sexy. I am your host, Wyo Lee, and today's guest, Cindy Gallup, is making the world a sexier place by offering a safe, curated platform of real-world sex, real-world humans, real-world relationships, both with partners and bodies. It's real people sharing their real sex stories visually, so you get to see what it actually looks like. You get It's like a peek inside people's most personal lives, even more than what I get to see or hear. A question that I invite you to ask yourself this week. If you could safely share your sex life with the world in moving picture form, what would you start with? Or what would you be most excited to share? Our guest today is founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. Welcome, Cindy Gallup. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. So excited to have you. Can you first tell our listeners... What is your sex at work origin story? What is your work actually like? And what led you to this sex-related career? Honestly, Make Love Not Porn was a complete and total accident. Okay. So everything
1: in my life and career has happened by accident. I never consciously intentionally set out to do anything I very bizarrely find myself doing now. Make Love Not Porn came about because I date younger men. They tend to be men in their 20s. Okay. And I should just contextualize that for our listeners. I am somebody who has never wanted to be married. I've never wanted children, I adore being single, I cannot wait to die alone, and I date younger men casually and recreationally for sex. And I'm deliberately very open about all of that because we don't have enough role models in our society for women and for men that demonstrate you can live your life very differently to the way you're expected to and still be amazingly happy. And I'm one of the happiest people I know. So there I was dating younger men about 13, 14 years ago now. And I began realizing through dating younger men that I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. Mm. I realized I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two factors converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. And so I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa, I know where that behavior is coming from. Mm -hmm. I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. I didn't know that. Because 13, 14 years ago, nobody was talking about this. Nobody was writing about it. This was me in isolation as a naturally action-oriented person going, I want to do something about this. So 12 years ago, I put up on No Money a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com, which in its original iteration was just copy. The construct was porn world versus real world. Here's what happens in the porn world. Here's what really happens in the real world. I had the opportunity to launch it at the TED conference in 2009. I became the only TED speaker to say the words come on my face on the TED stage Ah! six times in succession. The talk went viral as a result, and it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world. Young and old, male and female, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. And so I then felt I had a personal responsibility. I had to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far-reaching, helpful, and effective. And I also saw an opportunity to do what I believe in very strongly, which is that the future of business is doing good and making money simultaneously. Yes. I saw the opportunity for a big business solution to this huge, untapped global need. And I use the word big advisedly because even then, 12 years ago at concept stage, I knew if I wanted to counter the global impact of porn as default sex ed, I would have to come up with something that at least had the potential one day to be just as mass, just as mainstream and just as all pervasive in our society as porn currently is. Yeah. So thinking big right from the get-go. And so what I decided to do was, I always emphasize that Make Love Not Porn is not anti-porn because the issue isn't porn. The issue is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. If we did, amongst a whole host of other benefits, people would then be able to bring a real-world mindset to the viewing of what is simply performative produced entertainment. Yes. And so our tagline at Make Love Not Porn is pro-sex, pro-porn, Pro knowing the difference. And our mission is one very simple thing, which is to help make it easier for every single person in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex. And so, given this mission of talk about it, I decided to take every dynamic in social media and apply them to this one area no other social network or platform will go in order to socialize sex and to make real world sex and talking about it socially acceptable and therefore ultimately just as socially shareable as anything else we share on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. So nine years ago now, my tiny team and I launched the first stage of this vision. And I say the first stage because I have a whole roadmap for the future, but I need funding to achieve it. So the first stage is makelovenotporn.tv, which is an entirely user-generated, crowdsourced video sharing platform that celebrates real world sex. So anybody from anywhere in the world can submit to us videos of themselves having real world sex, but we're very clear what we mean by this. We are not porn. We are not amateur. We are building a whole new category on the internet that has never before existed, social sex. So our competition isn't porn, It's Facebook and YouTube, or rather it would be if they allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which I sadly don't. And so social sex videos on Make Love Not Porn are not about performing for the camera. They're simply about doing what we already do on every other social platform in every other area of our lives, which is capture what goes on in the real world as it happens spontaneously in all its funny, messy, glorious, silly, comical, awkward, wonderful humanness. We curate to make sure of that. I designed Make Love Not Porn around what nobody else did, human curation. There is no self-publishing of anything on Make Love Not Porn. Our curators watch every frame of every video submitted from beginning to end before we approve or reject it and we publish it. No one else does that. And we have a revenue-sharing business model, which I designed to democratize access to income. So our members pay to subscribe, rent, and stream social sex videos. Half the income goes to our contributors, whom we call our make love, not porn stars. And so we call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part isn't the
0: sex, it's the social. Absolutely. That is beautiful. You curate all of them. You look at everything. That sounds hugely labor-intensive. How do you keep it social? How do you what filters are you using for making sure people aren't performing too much? And how do you keep kind of the line between like professionals and amateurs? Or is it like is it people with their partners or it's no, you're not a partnered person. So how do you kind of like make what choices are you coming up with with your team to make those distinctions?
1: Right. So, so to answer the number of things you've asked that question, first of all, I designed Make Love Not Porn to celebrate the full glorious spectrum of human sexuality. We make no judgments. We are utterly non judgmental. Our only criteria is that it's real and it's consensual and it's legal. Okay. That's it. That's all we're looking for. Now, to your question about what this involves, so to contextualise this in the framework of the broader tech industry as a whole, especially relevant as we speak, as the Facebook whistleblower has revealed how appalling the mess within Facebook is. So the young white male founders of the giant tech platforms that dominate our lives today are not the primary targets online and offline of harassment, abuse, racism, sexual assault, violence, rape, revenge, porn, therefore they did not and they do not proactively design for the prevention of any of those things on their platforms. Mm -hmm. And we see the results around us every single day. Those of us who are most at risk every single day, women, black people, people of color, LGBTQ, the disabled, we design safe spaces and safe experiences. I and my team spent literally years concepting and designing Make Love Not Porn before we ever built it because we knew that if we were going to invite people to do something they have never done before, socially share their real world sex, we had to think through every possible ramification of that to create a completely safe and trustworthy space. As a result, as I mentioned earlier, human curation lies at the heart of everything we do. There is no self-publishing of anything on Make Love Not Porn. Not only do our curators watch every single video from beginning to end before we approve and publish it, our curators review every post on every member's profile, photographs, text, illustration. And by the way, those posts can be as safe or not safe work as you like, but we review them, we approve them, we publish them. Nobody else does that. We review every single comment on every single video before we approve Or reject that comment and we publish it nobody else does that we can vouch that every single piece of content on our platform in a way that nobody else can and that is why make love not porn is the safest place on the internet amazing and this will give you a sense of how very different the internet would be if it was designed with a female lens human curation starts further back than what our curators see i designed make love not porn to celebrate a very particular type of content, the funny, messy, fabulous sex that we all have in the real world. We make it crystal clear that that is the only kind of content we want. We make it clear not only in the FAQs on our platform, but before you ever get there, we make it clear across all our social channels, in all media interviews. And when you make it crystal clear what is the only kind of content you want, that is the only kind of content you get. Yes. So, you know, we absolutely have people submitting only what we want, which is real world sex. We have one very unique category on Make Love Not Porn. Again, all of this was thought through, concepted, designed with full intention. And so I conceived a category that I wanted on Make Love Not Porn when we launched nine years ago. And my friends in the adult industry helped me with this. We are the only place on the internet where porn stars share videos of the sex they have offset in the real world.
0: You answered a question that was burning in my mind. Okay, awesome. Obviously, you know, porn stars have real world sex too. And so
1: our friends in the adult industry, you know, our gay, straight, lesbian, trans porn star friends, they share on Make Love Not Porn videos of the sex they have in their real world relationships with their real world partners. Often they talk in those videos about how different that is from the sex that they perform professionally. So no, we are an utterly unique window onto the sex we all have in the real world. If porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the real world documentary. And by the way, we're tiny. We're bootstrapping. We have no money. We fight a huge battle to keep this business alive every single day, essentially because Every piece of business infrastructure, other tech startups get to take for granted. We can't. The small print always says no adult content. We have human curated every single thing in our platform for nine years with no money. If we can do it, imagine what Facebook, yes. Instagram, OnlyFans could do with their billions. Yep. If we can do it, anybody can. You just have to really want to.
0: Yes. Okay. So I'm hearing that Real sex is. I mean, no, no, no. Uh, sorry, what, yeah. maybe, if you don't mind, yeah, no, right. I don't well, mind. So, uh, so one of the things about make
1: love not porn is that we are very semantically precise. Yes. We are not real sex because when you watch porn, those performers are having real sex.
0: We are real world sex. Beautiful. Okay. So there's this emphasis on real world sex. How would you say that you define in this line of work the word sexy?
1: Honestly, anything and everything
0: in the real world is sexy
1: and it all depends on the lens you bring to it. Mm. So, for example, at Make Love Not Porn, we celebrate real world everything, real world bodies, real world hair, real world penis size, real world breast size, real world vulvas. And the reason that's important is because... You can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love till you're blue in the face. At the end of the day, nothing makes you feel great about your own body. Nothing makes you feel your own body is sexy like seeing people who are nobody's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, desiring each other, having an amazing time in bed. Our mantra at Make Love Not Porn is everybody is beautiful when they're having real world sex. Everybody is sexy when they're having real world sex. And in a world where every day we are all surrounded by messages in popular culture that tell us you are not sexually desirable unless you are this skinny, have six pack abs, look like this. What we're doing is profound. Our members write to us and say, you made me feel so much better about my own body. One man wrote and said, my girlfriend and I now feel able to be more open and central with each other because you made each of us feel better about our own bodies. And so we are a safe social sex platform where, for example, we have many Make Love Not Porn stars who have decided to begin sharing videos on Make Love Not Porn in order to help their own sexual self-esteem. And by the way, the vast majority of our Make Love Not Porn stars have never filmed themselves doing anything sexual before ever. They're doing it for us because they believe in our social mission. They're doing it for themselves. And so one of our newest Make Love Not Porn stars, she shared a video the other week saying, all my life, I've been told my vulva is gross, my vulva is ugly, said, I'm gonna share, I decided I'm gonna share this video of me masturbating because I don't agree and I hope you don't either. And honestly, the comments from our community are amazing because again, we're building a very special community of Make Love Not Porn stars and of members. And our Make Love Not Porn stars have been blown away by the affirmation that they receive Mm. and the positivity they receive from our members. Another thing about sexy is sexy is absolutely, as I said, in the eye of the beholder. And so at Make Love Not Porn, we celebrate real-world emotion, real-world love, intimacy, feelings. And the reason that's so crucial is... All around us in popular culture, movies, TV, Netflix, we see many creative expressions of and narratives of relationships, but we never see the actual sex. On Make Love Not Porn, you see the actual sex, but you also see the relationships. Because in our videos, those two things are indivisible. And when I say that, I don't just mean that in our partnered, couple, threesome, whatever videos, you see amazing, healthy relationship dynamics there. As I was saying, in our solo masturbation videos, male, female, trans, non-binary, you see what it's like to have a healthy relationship with yourself,
0: Hmm.
1: with your own body, your own genitals, your own sexuality. But the point being that in our videos, you see what sexy really is. And it's what people find incredibly sexy
0: because it's you. What would you say are the sexiest parts of your work as you experience? And then what are the least sexy parts?
1: I really don't think about it like that. To give you a different example, I champion female founders everywhere. And I have for years spoken out about the appalling lack of funding that both female founders and female founded funds receive. That's enormously ironic because as women, we build far better businesses. You know, I mean, the data has been out there for decades. that demonstrates diversity and gender equality drives better business. There are tons of data out there that demonstrate that female founders exit faster. Female founders burn less cash. Female founders get to profitability quicker. Female founders build better business cultures. We don't get sued for sexual harassment all the time. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I know through the work I do within the female founder tech ecosystem, there are a ton of women out there building incredibly unsexy businesses. The world looks superficial at female founders and think that all we do is like fashion and beauty startups. Not true. There are women starting amazing businesses. And as I say, sex is deemed very unsexy in manufacturing, in infrastructure, in transportation. That's what I mean when I say I don't think about what I do as sexy or unsexy. Those are not criteria I apply to my work.
0: So what are your boundaries then between your professional and personal life when it comes to sex? Like, how much do you reveal about your personal life for your work, if anything at all? And how do you make decisions around that? There are no boundaries because this is the new world order. And
1: what I mean by that is, I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own beliefs and philosophies, one of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. And I recommend to people, if they've never done this exercise, take a long, hard look inside yourself and identify what you stand for, what you believe in, what you value. Because when you do that, That makes life so much easier. Life still throws you all the shit it always will, but you know exactly how to respond to it in any given situation in a way that is true to you. And that's the secret of happiness, by the way. Living your life and working your work in a way that is true to you. So all I'm doing is I'm living and working my values, and they are one and the same in my personal life and my professional life. With this particular point, when I say I designed Make Love Not Porn around my personal values, so I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Mm. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed, but they should. Yeah. Because in bed, values like Empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, respect. Those values are as important there as they are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. As I say, there is no boundary between my professional and my personal sexual values. Those are my sexual values, by the way, everyone I've just cited. And so this is my vision for a world in which I finally get Make Love Not Porn funded to achieve our social mission at scale. Parents will bring their children up openly to have good sexual values and good sexual behavior. In the same way that parents currently bring kids up to have good values and behavior in every other area of life, we will therefore cease to bring up rapists. Mm -hmm. Because the only way that you end rape culture, and by the way, this really is the only way, is by embedding in society an openly talked about understood, promoted, and very importantly, aspired to, gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values and good sexual behavior. When we do that, we also end Me Too. We end sexual harassment, abuse, violence, all areas where the perpetrators rely on the fact that we do not talk about sex to ensure their victims will never speak up, never go to authorities, never tell anybody. When we end that, we massively empower women and girls worldwide. When we do that, we create a far happier world for everybody, including men. And when we do that, we are one step closer to world peace. I talk about Make up Not Porn as my attempt to bring about world peace, and I'm not joking. And so my professional and personal values are one and the same. There is no dividing line.
0: I feel so in line with everything that you are saying, because that is so similar to my mission. You know, with sex stories, I say we are making the world a sexier, more loving place, but it is about world peace. It's about finding harmony and it's about lifting everyone up. And just for our listeners if you are a parent that's like, "Ah, I want to bring up my kid, good. I highly recommend the book Beyond Birds and Bees by Bonnie J. Ruff. Have you read that? It's a fantastic book.
1: I haven't. No. But what I will say to our listeners is parents, for your 18 and over teenagers and 20-something children, do what a lot of parents tell us they do. Buy them subscriptions to Make Love Not Porn.
0: Yes. And buy yourself one, too. (laughs) Parents write to
1: us and say, I bought my children subscriptions to Make Love because I want them to see what happy, healthy, consensual, loving sex relationships look like. We are sex education through real world demonstration.
0: I love that so much. So here's my question. Since like me, I don't have boundaries between my personal life and my work life. And that has become problematic just because I stumble into things and people are like, why are you talking about that? I'm like, why wouldn't you? How do you establish communication at work? Do you have any explicit rules? Do you explicitly say to people at any point, hey, I talk openly about everything, or is it just your ability to select people that are down with your culture and your values and your vibe because you don't have the differentiation? Well, a couple of things about that. First of all, within our Make Love Not Porn
1: workplace, obviously there is zero worry about that. Great. I remember, that this is a couple of years ago, Ariel Martinez, our community manager, tweeting something along the lines of, at least I know that if, you know, naked photographs of me found their way onto the internet, I wouldn't get fired. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yes. I mean, we have a tiny team of six people, but there is no concern. Obviously, this is our business.
0: Mm-hmm. This is
1: what we talk about, you know, all the time. In my broader work uh, context, my speaking engagements, my, my consultancy, everybody knows what I do. So I talk about it. And in fact, I use my work on Make Love Not Porn as an analogy for a lot of the business issues that I have to tackle. Because what frustrates me is that, you know, because people go, oh, my God, people are having sex with video. We don't get enough credit for the extraordinarily innovative business and business model that Make Love Not Porn represents. Everybody else on the Internet should be emulating our approach to human curation. You know, we should be a business school case study Mm. for everybody else on the Internet. So, no, I absolutely talk about Make Love Not Porn in every business environment. Now, just to pick up on the second part of your question in case it's useful for our listeners, I'm a great believer in be your own filter. If anybody you know, follows me on social media, they will see that my bio line across LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera, is I like to blow shit up. I'm the Michael Bay of business. And I came up with that many years ago when I was in a meeting with some potential consultancy clients, and I was talking to them about my approach to consulting. And I said, I consult very selectively, only for clients and brands who want to change the game in their particular sector. So you come to me for radical, innovative, groundbreaking, transformative. I don't do status quo. Hmm. And I said, just off the cuff, throwaway line, I like to blow shit up. I'm Michael Bay of business. And everyone laughed. And I left the meeting and I thought, actually, that's a really good way of summing up what I do. So I've used that as my tagline ever since. But I do that entirely deliberately. I don't do that as a bit of fun or a bit of whimsy, a bit of creativity. I do that because when I characterize what I do in that way, it attracts to me the people who want what I do. It repels the ones who don't. Beautiful. And I want to repel the ones who don't because they're a waste of time, effort and money. So I'm a great believer in be your own filter. Put out there, project out there, what you stand for, what you're all about. You will attract the people who want it. You repel the
0: ones who don't. I'm drinking it in. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection a shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Okay, so on that note of blowing things up, How do you define the term sex worker? And do you identify as one? In terms of how I define sex work, I would say anybody
1: who basically has a job that involves them delivering sexual services, you know, in whatever capacity that may be. And something I've been saying for years publicly is, you know, I talked earlier about the world we're building with Make Love, Not Porn. One of our agendas is that if we achieve our mission of socializing sex, normalizing it, bring it out of the sunlight. One day, sex work should be as natural a career choice as doctor, lawyer,
0: accountant. Yeah. Some people are very well suited to it.
1: I mean, honestly, it's a great opportunity to do something that everybody can do and make money. Mm -hmm. And we are so fucked up about sex as a society that we have made it incredibly difficult to do that and we've imbued it with shame and guilt and embarrassment and that's utterly ridiculous. I don't consider myself a sex worker because, per my definition, I am not delivering sexual services for money.
0: You're not doing it personally. Yeah, Oh, yeah, exactly. OK, yeah. I see. I see. This question exists because I was getting interviewed last year and I post nudes all over the internet. And I've been making money off of them for a couple of years, but I think they're very artistic and they're not particularly, you know, they're not like insertion shots like you see my pussy, but it's like it depends on the angle, you know, and I never thought of it as myself as a sex worker. And then I've been told that I am by a few people. So that's why that question exists, because I think it's just so interesting because I didn't create them with the intention of people to get off. But I also know that that is a thing that can happen and I'm fine with it. And so I'm always just like very curious.
1: You know, the interesting thing about that
0: and about you being told that
1: is I often say that I've spent the past 12 years of building Make Love Not Poor and keeping it alive, trying to get people to see the nuance in all of this. And again, we are so fucked up. As a society, about sex. I mean, this is the thing we are most fucked up about, and it's the universal human experience. Yeah. And so, th- this is why I've had to spend 12 years making it crystal clear why Make Love Not Porn is not porn. And that's because this complete inability to understand nuances people go, oh, people having sex on video must be porn. Mm-hmm. No, people having sex on video is not always porn. Porn is, uh, and again, you know, I made this distinction earlier. Porn is performed, produced entertainment. So, you know, it's like a Marvel movie or it's like, you know, a series on TV. These are actors. They are acting. It's being produced. It's for entertainment. Make Love Not Porn is how we all have sex in the real world. We are what Facebook would be if Facebook allowed you, as I said, to socially sexually self-expressed. That is not pornography. But we use this blanket term because... There's so much shame and guilt and embarrassment and beauty around this that we do not bring the objectivity we do to every other area to embrace and welcome nuance. Yeah. So, so another thing that no- enormously frustrates me is, I get very fed up when people use the word porn like it's all one big homogenous mass. Yeah. That is like using the word literature like it's all the same thing. The landscape of porn is like landscape literature. There are as many genres, sub-genres, different categories, but people don't acknowledge that. They go, porn, everything's porn. You know, I mean, that's just one example of this. And I mean, another demonstration of how messed up people are is, so whenever the media squawks and shouts about porn, they only ever squawk and shout about one genre of porn, which is the straight porn that you will, you know, unfortunately, find a vast amount of on tube sites, which is porn where the man is dominating the woman and getting her to submit. Yep. Funnily enough, the media never squawks and shrieks about that colossal genre of porn that is for men who adore being dominated by and submitting to women. And the reason they don't do that is because that does not accord with our societal construct of masculinity. Yep. And it's a huge shame because out there in the world are millions of men who would adore to be dominated by women. And yes, men. yes. Millions of women who would adore to have a man submit to them in bed And those millions of men women will never act on it because it goes against gender norms.
0: I also just want to circle back to what you're saying because I'm like trying to have these nuanced conversations with people and ask the very detailed questions. And I often in real life will receive responses that are like, you're thinking about it too hard. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. Why are you asking that? You know, so there's this almost allergy to nuance that I hope that we can change because I also notice that people are very interested in these details. Okay, so to continue on in your work, 12 years of Make Love Not Porn, what have you learned about social and cultural norms that has surprised you, that you'd like to shift? I know we've got kind of a preview on that. And anything that you love? Sure. No, I mean, I mean, first of all, everything I've said is about
1: what I'm trying to shift. Yep. I'm taking the shame, the guilt, and the embarrassment out of sex. Make Love Not Porn is a shame changer. Yeah. And I'm out to end rape culture. You know, we are ending rape culture by doing something incredibly simple that nevertheless nobody else is doing we end rape culture by showing you how wonderful, great, consensual, communicative sex is in the real world. Our videos role model good sexual values and good sexual behavior. And we make all of that aspirational versus what we see in porn and popular culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, make not porn is a social experiment. We put this platform out there. We don't define what real world sex is. Our community, our Make Love Not Porn Stars show us, and I and my team are learning every single day. And we are just blown away by the many manifestations of love that we see in our videos. I have to tell you, I mean, we discover new things that people are into that we had no idea of whatsoever. I mean, and you can absolutely see, you know, again, we're all inclusive, you know. Make Love Not Porn has real world sex videos of BDSM, King, Golden Showers, Sounding, you know. The difference is that on Make Love Not Porn, you see the real world version. Yeah. You know, and so in our BDSM videos, you will see, you know, the real-world negotiation beforehand, the boundary setting, the safe word setting, you know. And then you will see the aftercare. You know, you will see people coming out of what they've been doing. Mm. And you will also, again, because we are real-world sex, you will see things you won't see anywhere else. So we have a ton of role-play videos, but only on Make Love Not Porn. when you see a couple who embarked on a role-play, and then halfway through, one of them goes, you know what? Not really doing it for me. Mm. And then one goes, yeah, it's all a bit meh. They go, let's just have sex. yeah, And they will just abandon the whole thing. And it's great because this is the real world. It's very low stakes. Uh-huh. It's fine to try something, find out you don't like it, yeah. and stop doing it. Totally cool. you know. So honestly... In our videos, and again, this is something people don't understand until they join Make Love Not Porn, they watch our videos. Love and feelings just radiate through the screen. I mean, we get such moving comments. Yep. So this is a comment that was left on a video made by a Make Love Not Porn star couple called Wander and Lust. And this person says, This is just so special. Watching it turns me on, yes. But also, it's a great comfort to know that what I sought all my life and sadly never found can exist between a couple, a deep, loving trust that frees you to really connect and give and receive pleasure as naturally as breathing. I was right not to settle for less than you two have. How lovely you are. and the make love not porn stars respond and say this honestly made me well up a little thanks for sharing from your soul amen to not settling and may other avenues of bliss both simple and profound and pleasure continue to nourish you be well and honestly as you can hear
0: some of these comments make me want to cry yeah oh that is so beautiful what if any cultural shifts have you noticed either more broadly in the world or even just inside of yourself or your workplace since you began this work Well, first of all,
1: I set out to change the world through sex and we're succeeding. We're succeeding in a small way because nobody will fund us. We can't find investors. That's the only thing stopping us being the Facebook of social sex. And I'm hoping that will change. But in the 12 years I've worked on Make Love Not Porn, the nine years we've been out there as a business, our members and our community write to us every day and tell us how much we transform their lives. And what blows me away is not only how well Make Love Not Porn does everything I design it to do, but how well it does things I never consciously designed it to do. So we hear from couples all the time saying you saved our marriage. Mm. You know, we can't thank you enough. But we hear from survivors of rape, sexual assault, sexual abuse, who tell us, you know, make Love Not Porn help me reclaim my body. Make Love Not Porn help me feel able to be a sexual being again. I mean, that is not a use case I ever thought of when I designed this platform. Yeah. And so I and my tiny team have the gratification of knowing that we have transformed so many people's lives through this platform. We just want to do it for the world at large, which we can do when we raise the funding that we deserve.
0: Fuck yeah. Okay. If you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone something about sex, what would it be?
1: I said earlier
0: that Make Love Not Porn was a complete and total
1: accident. What is no accident is that my background is 35 years working in advertising. Mm. I've spent 35 years working in the business of communication. I know, therefore, that everything great in life and business is born out of great communication. Sex is no different. Great sex is born out of great communication. And so the one thing that I would say to everybody is communicate in bed. And again, this is why I created Make Love Not Porn. Because we don't talk about sex, we are all completely and utterly rampantly insecure about sex, no exceptions. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual egos are very fragile. People therefore find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Yes. Because in that situation, you're terrified that if you say anything at all about what is happening, if you comment on the action anyway at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, put them off you, derail the encounter, potentially derail the entire relationship. But at the same time, you want to please your partner. You want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be Good in bed, nobody knows exactly what that means. Yeah. And so you will seize your cues on how to do that from any way you can. And if the only cues you've ever seen are in porn, because your parents never talked you about sex, because your school didn't teach you, because your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you'll take to not very good effect. What Make Love Not Porn social sex videos do uniquely is show you how other people communicate in bed. You know, we have a tag that is chatty search that tag on makelovenotporn.tv for all the videos that showcase great communication in bed. And so my one piece of advice is talk in bed.
0: I love that so much. And I just want to underline that our listeners know that I am obsessed with sexual communication and communication around sex because I am one of those people that I didn't watch a lot of porn. So it's like, that's not been my influence, but my way of making it up as I go along has really yielded some disasters. And the best way I think to learn is the reason I'm interviewing just people after people after people after about their own sex lives is because it's hearing those patterns of communication that I think are how we start to learn. But the idea of actually having real people doing it, because it's such a different skill to then like, you know, I've talked to hundreds of people about their personal sex lives. I still struggle to speak with my partners in the moment, always still. Mm. So thank you. That's beautiful. Okay, in as much detail as you're comfortable, how has your sex related work affected your personal sex life? It's the other way around. I mean, like I said, I started Make Love Not Porn because
1: of what I encountered in bed. You know, I am my own research lab. As I said, I date younger men, in recreation. I date, you know, I date a number of them, obviously, you know, pre the pandemic, you know, my pandemic pod's gone down to one now. But basically, I see for myself exactly how all this plays out in the real world all the time. That's why I started Make Love Not Porn. Yeah. You know, again, I'm living my values. I'm all about communication in life and in bed. I designed a platform that makes it easier for you to communicate in bed. Beautiful.
0: What's the silliest shame-related experience that you have encountered through your work? Oh, gosh. I mean, honestly,
1: I've spent 12 years reading emails addressed to me, looking at comments, having conversations that have given me a front row seat to the enormous human misery and unhappiness caused by the shame, embarrassment, and guilt that we've imbued sex with. In fact, That's what makes it so wonderful that one of the words our members use to describe make love, not porn regularly is make love, not porn is joyous, celebratory, life affirming. But the one we hear very often is guilt free. Make love, not porn is an utterly guilt free sexual experience. And so that's the most profound thing I can say about shame. We take it away.
0: That's so beautiful. I feel like you just answered this question, but do you have anything else to say when it comes to how you hope your work makes the world a sexier, more loving place? All I will say to our listeners is that we fight a huge battle every day just to keep going, and
1: so it would enormously help us if you like what you've heard. Please go to makelovenotporn.tv, sign up, subscribe. Our subscriptions start at $10 a month. It's very affordable. Consider becoming a Make Love Not Porn star. our make love not porn stars find the experience transformative and please spread the word and you can follow at cindy Gallup at make love not porn on twitter and instagram you can find me on linkedin i'm on facebook as cindy.gallop our facebook page is mlmp tv and please support what we do and spread the word
0: fuck yeah please do go do it you guys lastly If someone was theoretically in the process of raising funds, resources to create a mobile playship, think an Airstream trailer filled with art supplies and sex toys, so like a dungeon but less scary for everybody, and was becoming a professional dominatrix maybe to teach people kink and safety as she learns and also wants to facilitate explorations on this cross-country road trip, what advice might you give that theoretical person?
1: I'd say go and crowdfund the funding for that on ifundwomen.com. Fuck yeah. So my friend Karen Kahn started iFundWomen some years ago now in order to help female founders get funded, especially female founders who don't have the kind of friends and family network that white bro founders do That you yeah. come up with seed funding for them. And she welcomes any kind of venture. So I would say crowdfund
0: on iFundWomen.com. Ah, beautiful. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us on Sex at Work. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovers, we've done it. We've already made it a start to a good week because we have had some sex at work. Remember to sign up at makelovenotporn.tv if you're wondering. Yes, I did go out and make a video immediately inspired by this conversation. I finally tried out the butt plug uh, kitten tail and ears that I ordered after getting inspired by the Becky Loves Butts episode ages ago. I found it in my closet. But. I didn't read the rules on the website and guidelines very specifically. So I talked to the camera a lot, which is not what they're going for. So I might just put that on my website for Why Not's, And then I think I'm going to do a new version for Make Love Not Porn. Or maybe I'll just edit out my talking bits. I have to go review it. It was very fun. It was very, very good. And I sort of was like showing off my body to people slash orienting uh, how I like to touch myself for a new crush that I have. So... Also, if you post stuff on there, let me know and let me know if you'd like me to share that with our community publicly. I can definitely add that page to sexstoriespodcast.com somewhere. So let me know. If you like sex stories or sex at work and want to make the world a sexier place with me, remember to subscribe on YouTube, Apple and Spotify and leave reviews and comments and thumbs up and stars wherever that makes sense to do so. That programs the algorithm in the direction of love and pleasure. And that is better for us all. If you want to hear personal sex stories from lovers around the world, go listen to sex stories wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to listen to my personal details or find other ways to join my mission to make the world a sexier, more loving place, or if you want to just learn more about my dom side, visit mission69.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, and follow me at Y.O. But then put your phones down and go save your brains. I am really trying to limit my screen time these days. So for that reason, I am mostly only paying attention to email and like messages that I get from website subscribers. So if you care to share a thought question or sex story, especially if it's work related, which means for me sex related, please email me through sexstoriespodcast.com. Final thought, uh, I asked you a question at the beginning, I have another one at the end. I am pretty sure that I could be in a room and have someone who is not my lover filming me and my lover and eventually just forget that they're there. I think I could do that, especially if I was being dominated. Like I I feel like I could just like go into subspace and be like, where's the world? Mm, I love everything sensation. But I don't know if I can fully forget that a camera is around if it's just me by myself with a tripod because i have trained myself to be so camera aware like as a photographer and an actor and a director when you know when i'm posing when i'm making all my own stuff but i do feel extremely comfortable and i also know that i feel comfortable like not performing for the camera because when i was shooting that tv doc series last year sex life it's on epics i had a whole crew in here i actually built a fort again today (laughs) i guess i like to masturbate for camera in forts um I had a whole crew in here watching me touch myself and I definitely came on the first take, which I didn't think I was going to do. And then they were just, you know, and that's all implied stuff. So maybe I was more comfortable, but like they came up and were like, could you do a louder one? You know, and I was like, ah, well, that's great because that means I was like true to myself in the moment and like whatever did come out or didn't come out was real. So anyway, what about you? Do you think you could forget the camera or not? And do you think it depends on whether or not you're with a partner? write me through sexstoriespodcast.com. Thank you all for joining me on this mission to make the world a more loving, sexier, more pleasure-filled place. Please remember to share sex stories. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice.